0: Welcome to Good Morning Hospitality, your one-stop shop for the latest news, noteworthy trends, and thought-provoking discussions across the industry. From hotels and short-term rentals to all things travel and hospitality, you'll find each episode equips you with the information that you need to start your week. Join us on Good Morning Hospitality
1: every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. all right we are back
0: Woo! we are back we are live it feels really good people liked us so much They said
1: the- we come back for week two so for Whoa. the viewers out there i love seeing how many of you are already logging in and watching we appreciate you joining on week two but we had a great holiday weekend and sarah what did you end up doing what was your weekend like
0: totally here hold on 2 seconds i'm having technical issues here i'm hearing a double dose of me so hold on hold on
1: see when we do it live everybody when you're seeing how we figure this out together
0: exactly i think i might have found myself where i was double- okay there we go okay we're, we're good we're back we're back i'm back well i was here whatever i'm sorry i did not want to have two of you two of me for everybody but here we are um Okay, Steve, Labor Day weekend. How was yours? I was I was stalking a little bit online and I saw that you were having a great time at the One Hotel. Tell us about it.
1: Well, I love the One Hotel. And to Raul Leal, who's a CEO, he's been a guest on my podcast over on the Hospitality Mentor. So love I'm a huge Raoul. fan of his. <laughs> and he's another Miami boy, so just like me. So I always love supporting the locals, but the One Hotel just is one of my favorites. It's they do it right every time. I love the sustainability And I got to show my family a great time. So we all stayed there, grandparents, my kids, my brothers. It was awesome. So you can't beat that Labor Day spending time with the family.
0: That's so great. It's so nice. And I mean, so wait, and and I want to hear, we'll we'll dive into it in a little bit. But um, how how was Miami over Labor Day weekend? Like, was it crazy? Was it that last, Mm -hmm. like you could tell a lot of people were coming into town to just have a, a great time before kicking into fall?
1: There was a lot of great deals to be had across Mm -hmm. South Beach. So like my brother came down from New York, got a great rate. And then it ramped up very quickly to where a lot of hotels sold out. But if you were looking for good deals, just to keep that in mind for some of the summer travel next year, Labor Day seems to be great on Miami Beach. It was not crazy. It was actually very enjoyable everywhere you went.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Well, I have to say it was a pretty relaxed weekend here um in LA. It was just nice to get out, catch up with friends. I always am a big fan of just like also getting caught. I mean, this is the weird work side of me, but I actually enjoy getting caught up on work and the things that are oh, because we all have that to-do list by the way, that we like yep. we have things on it that like we never get to. It's like Item number seven, eight, nine or whatever, however long your to-do list is. Um, And and so for me, I sometimes enjoy uh, carving out a little bit of time in the morning on those holidays Mm -hmm. to like tackle those things that I just don't ever seem to tackle. So that's nice. We did that Monday
1: afternoon, Labor day afternoon. We did that. That was nice in our house. Get some things done that had been sitting there staring at us in the face. Those are good days to get those things done.
0: They're definitely good days. Well, why don't we do a quick roll call and see where everybody is tuning in from. Um, by the way, if you guys are joining us live, definitely put in the comments where you're joining us from. Would love to see. Uh, last week, we had a lot of individuals from all over the world tuning in live, which was pretty exciting. Yeah, um, so many
1: different countries. It was awesome to see how many people were out there.
0: Yeah, and what's, what's also really neat is um, – is, is also the timing of this. So we're, under, we're able to kind of like get everybody in all the different time zones. So love that. If you are joining live, definitely tell us where you are uh, tuning in from. But um, in the meantime, Steve, should we go ahead and get started on this first topic?
1: I think that we should jump right in. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> I love this. Ooh, ooh, ooh some people are, are hopping in right now. Okay, we got Boston, Miami, Detroit, Motor City. Um, Wow, I'm going to not sing every single one <laughs> for you guys moving forward. <laughs> Miami. Oh,
1: we got Miami. We got the team out there.
0: I know. This is exciting. Okay. Oh, hey, Jim and Helsberg, Basically, Sonoma County. Woohoo, wine country. Uh, I need to go back up there. Oh, he's going to give me such a hard time for not going back up there. But, you know.
1: I love that New you guys York? are watching. Yeah, we've got New York. we got, we got a whole crew here. I love we this do. coming through here.
0: This is so great. So um, make sure you're
1: giving your comments in there as we talk, and we'll get to them as we go through our stories.
0: London, Marco Island. Oh, this is so great. Yeah, definitely. Um, every show, let us know where you're tuning in from. We love to hear. Um, it just it's it's cool to see. It reminds us it is a hospitality, it is a very small world. Um, so Steve, I know that I almost think that you should kind of kick this off because this is something that you wrote about um in your newsletter. Um, yep. and it's pretty interesting as far as these hotel brands that are kind of getting into this sort of outdoor hospitality. AKA clamping.
1: Yeah. And we're starting to see it more and more now. So you and I are lucky Mm -hmm. that we get to talk to so many people and travel. And some of the behind the scene talks from CEOs are that they are focusing more on the experiences people are having versus kind of the places of normal hotels. So they're getting involved in outdoor hospitality. So what is that? You might have heard of glamping, which is luxurious camping.
0: Mm -hmm. There's
1: companies like Starwood that is investing in motels that are close to national parks and making those upscale Mm -hmm. so that you can stay in these places close to the outdoors. you got KSL that invested in under canvas, which is these beautiful tents that are right on these pieces of beautiful land and beautiful um, landscapes everywhere. And you can kind of live this life where you disconnect a little bit, reconnect with nature. And really enjoy the company that you're having, but also get some cool Instagram pics, some cool yes. TikTok videos from doing it, dress <laughs> up a little bit and some well, you know outfits that maybe you can play with. So it's really interesting. And we're exploring that a lot too down here in Miami now with our vacation rental company mm-hmm. about doing it on a farm. And so we're talking, oh. we're making tents and wellness and sustainability and making a little micro resort on a farm in Miami. So.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Where are these yeah. farms in Miami? I am sorry. I, yes, I think it's others all right. will, will agree with me. When I think Miami, I don't think farm.
1: Yeah. So just south of Miami, 45 <laughs> minutes, you have a place called the Redlands. And the Redlands okay. and Homestead is where people ride horses, but it's really one of the biggest agricultural areas in the country. And so we're looking at doing that. But I started hearing all these CEOs talking about. It. I said, All right, we're on to okay. something here before we even knew. So it's interesting to see. But you all should check out some of these these companies out there because my wife and I, I'm not a camper, but if I could do it in a place that's, you know, decorated by restoration hardware and some nice furniture inside, I would do it.
0: Oh my gosh. We're definitely gonna have to talk about that in, in a minute, but, um, I do love this, this notion of glamping and I have to say, uh, wow, it's been two years now. In Utah, near Escalante, um, Mm -hmm. is where, in Bryce Canyon, those that uh, might know, uh, I did basically a sort of like glamping type experience uh, with Wanderlust, and it was... So cool because mm-hmm. we ba- basically had tents, the tents were put it because your girl is not going to be putting up a tent. Let me just tell you this, like <laughs> the hotel part of me, just runs through mm-hmm. and through. It's okay, Steve. You can laugh at that. Okay.
1: <laughs> I get it. I'm fancy too. I don't want to put up the tent.
0: <laughs> but I will say this is that what they had is that they had the most luxurious beds. And I remember like getting into the bed and being like, this, this feels like a hotel, but I'm in a tent. And, you know, it definitely took a little bit of getting used to hearing all the noises of nature, Mm -hmm. as we like to say, but it was such a cool, cool experience. So I think it's great to see these bigger hotel brands diving into it. And it's also just indicative of just hotel brands are are realizing that we just have to um, diverse. They have to diversify their portfolios. Travelers want different things. You're going to be tapping into different markets. And if we learned anything from the 2020, it's good to have a diversified portfolio because wherever the consumer tends to lean, then you can hopefully have your fingers in that part of the market.
1: No, it's true. And, and also another part is the business part of it is that it costs less to make these tents and these glamping sites, and you can charge almost double the money of a a typical hotel room. So it all kind of works out for the business side, for the (laughs) travelers and guests. But I see that Jim Morris was talking about it's big in wine country. Glamping is a big thing. And Angela's saying that she represented collective retreats uh, in Colorado in 2020, which is another one. So it's great to see that you all are involved out there on it. And if you have some cool companies that maybe we didn't mention, mention them in the comments and, and we'll check them out.
0: Definitely would love to go ahead and support those. Um, well, moving on to our next topic. And I think that this is kind of apropos. Look at me using fancy mm. words uh, <laughs> after Labor Day. Um, so the the article came out and it's basically showing that ho- U.S. hotel hiring has picked up um, certainly in the last month. It's not yet at pre-COVID employment levels, but it's definitely done better and to kind of you know, really dig in on these these sort of stats. Basically, um, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics revealed on Friday that hotels have added roughly 8,600 jobs in August, and this is up from the revised 5,400 jobs that were added in July. In July, so that's definitely a, a great. Um, and then, meanwhile, the broader leisure and hospitality category, which also includes hotels, added about 40. 1000 positions. So um and that to give you guys an idea as far as like labor and job statistics that actually represents about 21% of the total jobs created in the US last month. So um that's a good thing.
1: It's a good thing but still a little scary that it's still way below pre-pandemic yeah. levels. And so oh. I know for the listeners out there that are working in hotels and viewers Chime in—is your hotel still short-staffed or your restaurant still short-staffed? Because I know when we visit, at least myself, this weekend, mm-hmm. and talking that, man, they're they're working still six, seven days, not getting days off, 100%. working every holiday. Yeah. But I love seeing people come back in because it is a great industry. We just have to figure out the right ways of doing it.
0: So, well, the jobs are out there, but it's filling them, and I think that that's a really, really interesting. I mean. We're still continuing to see that, and it's interesting because it almost doesn't even matter the market. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, it doesn't matter the market. We can see whether it's Miami, Los Angeles, New York, even smaller cities as well too. uh, It it, it's still this chat in Europe, in parts of the Middle East as well. I mean, wow, people are it's definitely global. still, yeah, it's totally a global thing. So I, I always like to bring that up as a reminder because I know too, all too often people will try to say, oh, it's this or that, or, you know, or maybe blame it on, on other factors where it's like, well, wait a second, um, or like they blame it on national factors where it's like, well, there's still, it's like a global sort of mm-hmm. issue. Um, so it is. It's this interesting time, and I—it's—I I, always kind of question. I mean, I do have a couple of thoughts on this, and we're—I think we're going to have to talk about it in a future episode, like totally dive in. Yeah. But what some are best you, practices? Yeah, best practices. So what are you seeing are ways to sort of um, attract and retain talent?
1: So there are some hotel companies doing it really well. Yeah, and the ones I see doing it well are offering a couple of things. One is true flexibility. Not saying, oh, we have a flexible schedule and they're not giving any days off. Mm-hmm. It is where you don't have to sweat. Like I was talking to a, an, a director who's sweating having to ask to go to a friend's wedding. Like that shouldn't <sighs> be the case, right? Yep. You should be able, yeah, it's a big deal in your life. You should go and the hotel or the company should say, go for it. So true flexibility there. The other is mm-hmm. being able to learn and develop in multiple areas of a hotel or restaurant. Yeah, Because The generation coming up doesn't want to stay in a role for two years and learn that role for two years. So I think like kind of those manager and training positions where you can Mm -hmm. kind of sign up and go through the hotel and learn how to be a great concierge like you and then go be in front desk and then be a server and be a bartender. Um, I think those are the things that will be important is development and then pay. So the pay shot up, especially in in my area of the country, and now starting to level down a little bit. So all of a sudden people are like, why would I go do that job when I can make the same money? uh online somewhere and flipping things and doing stuff where I control my schedule. So it's interesting. It's gonna be pay, flexibility, and able to develop. I think it's kind of like that triangle that will make sure people are coming back consistently.
0: Oh, 100 percent Um I mean it, the quick note on flexibility and then I, uh, you know, I have a couple of thoughts on as far as training. But I, I don't know about you. I mean <laughs> I remember times that I, I think I the number of events in my life that i missed going to because i felt Mm -hmm. like i couldn't ask off or i could ask off but i was so low on the totem pole that it didn't really matter because so-and-so only works monday through friday morning shifts and it's like okay well i guess like nobody would be flexible enough and that changed over time
1: um
0: and i'm talking about like within the last like 18 years or so and it definitely changed and then also one gets older too. You can demand things in a different way. Mm -hmm. But, um, but, and that was always so tough. Um, But it was also kind of at that time, it was just like, well, that's just what's expected. Um, So now we're living in a very different time where it's like, okay, we need to come at this with being far more reasonable and working together as a team. So if somebody needs to take off or something that's important, you've got a team member coming in and helping and supporting them. Yep. So, um, so yeah, de- definitely making sure that that's real, as you just said, but another aspect that I think that's really important and those that do is training. Yes. And the reason why training is obviously it's great because then individuals know how to do their job, but training also helps create a sense of like, you're part of something bigger than yourself and your role. Like you understand the ethos of the company that you're working for. Um, I don't know if you have any memories of like any of, of the different properties that you worked at, but uh, my first property I worked at was a Four Seasons and I was young. I mean, I was probably 18 and a half Mm -hmm. 18 and a half, where we still counted half, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. where we still
0: counted half years. Uh, and uh, I mean, I, if it weren't for the training, like that set the tone for my entire hospitality experience. Everything from like learning to like step to the side, you know, when a guest is walking down a hallway to it just anything verbiage, Definitely. how you smile, when you greet people, how close they are to you. So, if I didn't have that training, I, I don't. I think I would have just re- approached the job like it's just a whatever job. But because it, they took it so seriously, I was like, "Oh, this is a big deal." So yes. I don't know. That's how that's how I felt. Oh,
1: no, for sure. Um, I love learning that. You know, I, I worked at one. Actually, I see Antonio Rios just chimed in here. I worked with Antonio Rios at two different hotels, but you. one of them was the Mandarin Oriental here in Miami, so five star, five diamond property. Mm-hmm. And you really learned there how to take care of the guests, but also how to improve yourself and yeah. how that applied to the rest of your life, just by all the things that we learned about being courteous and having empathy yeah. and listening. And and I apply that to my life now and I still do. So I don't know if you're going to the supermarket ever and you're actually actively helping people and like holding doors open and they look at you a little what weird. What
0: are you talking about? Uh- I do it all
1: the time and, and they're like, uh, what's going on here? It's just built in us now. So I love that training and and there's some companies that are cutting back on it, which is sad to see. I think yeah. this should really make that a big focus. So I mean, it's true.
0: I get it. It's it's definitely, it, it costs money. And everybody is looking to to cut corners and where can they they cut. Uh, but I, I do feel like that is a worthwhile investment. And for mm-hmm. those that are like, oh, but we're just going to train people for them to quit and then uh, have to train again. Well, if you train them right the first time, maybe they don't quit. So That's I don't right. know. I, like Ooh, it. That was I think that's,
1: that's the quote. That's the quote right there. Clip it.
0: I mean, I'm just saying, uh, wow, I just snapped myself. Okay, cool. We could definitely tell it's early in the morning here in Los Angeles. Um, so there were actually a couple of questions. And by the way, just a reminder, if you are uh, joining in and you've got questions for us, definitely shoot them live, put us in the hot seat. Uh, see what we have to say if you've got a question about something that we're talking about. Otherwise, uh, we always try to do our best to answer them in the next episode. So we had a couple from last week, um, and this was interesting. This was about automation. So Steve, want to hear you chime in on this first. Um, how are they making hotels more automated with the checking with checking in and such? What are some of the key trends in automation? I don't know if you've seen any.
1: Well, I would say like this, I think that... Airlines are way ahead of the hotels and vacation rental companies are now leading the way in technology. Because, again, listeners and viewers, I work in both worlds of vacation rental and hotel. And I think the vacation rental world has allowed people to bypass that long front desk line. They're able to check in when they need to check in. Mm -hmm. They're able to text to get services for people. And hotels are not catching up to that. I've Mm -hmm. seen a couple like at Yotel. They do a good job where you can check in without someone helping you. You can mm-hmm. get to your room. Um, but I think there's still a lot more ways to go oh, um, in automation. And so I would like to see people embrace that more. But it's hard because a lot of the hotels use these old systems that don't connect to stuff. Right? I'm sure you're, mm-hmm. many of the listeners out there, you're probably going to go back to your front desk or your restaurant. And it's these same systems we all use. We won't call them out, but they're a little <laughs> antique. <laughs> and they don't connect as much. And the other you know, industries are adopting those. So I've seen a lot of automation, but it's mm-hmm. starting, they need to invest a little bit more. I think that's what people want to create their own experience
0: oh, totally. not have to wait around. Totally. Well, and it, and it's, uh, again, when it comes to automation, cause I know people get really, they're so nervous when we talk about technology and hospitality, Oh, it's going to take away the people. Um, and in fact, the, I, I did kind of bring this up, um, Uh, Yesterday, in my story on Instagram, um, but there was an article that came out in Entrepreneur Magazine that was basically talking about how um, they expect within the next 10 years that uh, up to 65% of hospitality jobs will be taken over by robots. That's a steep number. I don't, I mean, I don't like, it's good. We're going to be living in the Jetsons pretty soon, but I mean, it, it could happen. Sure. But, Oh, you know what? Somebody brought up an interesting point. What about cleanup? Are these robots going to be able to clean up?
1: Yeah. So listen, I'm laughing because I am a big fan of robots. So
0: I, <laughs> okay. am. I, used,
1: to own, I used to own a staffing company that supplied okay. hospitality employees. All right. And they would commit and they would say, we're going to show up and then no call, no show. Right. So I'm not saying replace everybody, but what I would like to see and Royal Caribbean does this, they have a maker shaker robot where they have a robotic bartender. I didn't love the way they did it there, but I think it could be support staff. Right. So I can spend more time with the bartender, getting to know them and about the place I'm at and getting some tips while the drink is being shaken and they can finish it off with their final touches or barista with coffee. I talk to coffee company owners that walk into hotels. They're like, that barista is making my coffee the wrong way. That's why the guests are complaining about my coffee.
0: Well, then what are you going to do? Tell the robot to make it differently?
1: Yeah, you could program it. So like there's a company called Blank Street Coffee in New York (laughs) and they spent 50 grand on their espresso machines. So not a true robot, but a really expensive espresso machine that makes it the right way each time. And then the barista adds their little touch of love at the end to add that hospitality. <laughs> I so. don't know. It, it makes me
0: la- I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I've, I've always been a huge, uh, avid fan of technology and I feel like mm-hmm. anything that we can add to sort of ease our day-to-day life and or also just reflect how we live. We all live with our phone on us. This is what we're doing here. This time. Yes. Um. So I, I get it. Like it's definitely not something that we should shy away from but it's how to do it to add to the guest experience yes. which I think will always be not make it um, harder. I don't want to make yeah. it harder. I know. I know. Okay. So better. I want to be mindful of the time, here, but we have to talk about this topic. Okay. Because this came out in the news, like <laughs> within the past like week. Um, and I mean, you've got kids, so I want to hear about this. So an airline actually uh, in Europe is finally creating an adults only section on their airplane. Now, I actually did a video on this earlier this year. There was rumors going on. Oh, should there be adults only flights? Um, and so that obviously proves to be a bit more challenging, but this actual airline is creating an adults only section on the plane. So I <laughs> would love to hear your thoughts on this.
1: All right. So I do have two kids, two beautiful kids, five and seven. And when <laughs> I travel with them, it can be a little scary. They're a little older now, so it's easier. Yeah. But if I'm not with them, I probably would pay up. Mm-hmm. But here's what I will say. Hmm. I think that there are some adults that behave much worse than kids on yes. airlines. Yes. And what I would love to see instead is just like uh, Airbnb or Uber does. I wish in hotels and airlines could rank and rate the people that they're serving.
0: Ooh. I think that
1: people would behave a lot nicer and a lot better. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't get screamed at your concierge desk as much when you were working there. Oh, if gosh. you were able to rate that guest and say, Oh, Mr. Turk misbehaving today, you get a one star. Right? <laughs> and you yes. and if you don't keep a certain rating, you can't travel on that plane or go to that hotel.
0: Oh my god. That's gosh. what I would like to see. So a rating system on guests, kind of like what we're seeing with like Uber and Uber, Lyte,
1: Airbnb. From. Yeah. Airbnb, Airbnb. Exactly. You get to rate each other both ways. Right. So
0: yes, I mean, it's true. It's true. I think maybe
1: it'll work, but I've seen a lot of adults out of control.
0: I agree with you on that. My my favorite, um, because okay, so my thing is, is that whenever I see any of these things online, I go straight to the comment section because I love to see what people write about these things. And somebody was like, oh, okay, adults only section, then I'll just straight up light a cigarette in the
1: smoking
0: <laughs> only section. Um, yeah, for those that are not old enough, um, there used to be smoking sections on planes. Um, yeah. I barely remember that. Let me just put it like that. Uh, I, I was certainly not old enough to smoke. We were enough. kids. We were
1: young, young kids when they were smoking on totally, those airplanes.
0: Totally. Um, I, but what I do mean, you think? Because
1: you're, you, you know, you're on the opposite of me. You don't have kids. so what would... I don't have
0: No, but I love kids. So, so, and what? it doesn't bother me like that type, you know. It's like I, uh, you know, kids are going to be ki- kids, and it's, I mean, so long as there's a parent there actually trying, <laughs> mm-hmm. when when yes. the parents aren't trying and like kids are just going crazy, it's like, okay, like, hello, you are in public. Yes. Um, I have definitely noticed this with it, um, to parents of kids, I was like, oh their sensitivity to volume and sound has gone down. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, if you're not around kids, you're not necessarily used to a lot of extra noise around, uh, depending on what you do. So, um, but no, and adults only, I mean, come on. Like it, it is what it is. It's a flight. My whole thing, I am like the, like most chill air, like um, passenger when it comes to planes, because it's like, it's only a temporary amount of time. Like it is what it is. Like, You, you you make the best of it. Obviously, if somebody's traveling with a child, most likely they want to make it. Uh, they don't want there to be chaos happening. So um, you know, I don't know. I think it's definitely. Uh, I think the idea of an adult an adults only section it's on it's more of a marketing thing, I think, than anything yeah, else. It's
1: like for some stories, they might make some extra bucks for people.
0: We're talking. They might cause about- more
1: problems. Like, hey, that baby's screaming back there. Get that yeah. baby to quiet down. I paid my extra 75, but I see Grisette Rodriguez agreeing yeah. with me. Yeah. We're going to create, we I mean, need some entrepreneurs out there to create a rating system for the for the guests.
0: Oh my God. I love that you're into that. I better get <laughs> a perfect score because I am that person. Yeah,
1: you would be perfect. I think <laughs> you would be great. But there's some out of control people out there.
0: <laughs> you got to be conscientious. Um, okay. So why don't we go ahead and, and start our real-time recap segment so um, for those that maybe missed last week what we're doing is every week we're doing a sort of recap on an interesting hospitality moment that we experienced this past week so be hopefully a really great experience but it might not have been a great experience so steve you were you were out in the field this week what you see i
1: was and i will give it this the one hotel didn't know that I was staying there. I didn't call any of my friends for a hookup or those things. Oh. And oh, we yeah. went for lunch on a rainy afternoon in Miami. Unfortunately, it was raining one of the days. Mm-hmm. And the Habitat restaurant at the one hotel did a phenomenal job. I was there with little kids, friends, family, a table of nine, just walking in with no reservation and did an awesome job. And the, sh- and the hey, restaurant- Table well, of how many? Chef,
0: nine? Nine.
1: nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you with no reservation. Oh, one of them <laughs> <laughs> on a rainy afternoon did a phenomenal job. From the hostess to the server Julio to the chef who came out and welcomed our table after we Mm -hmm. had to check on us, which I thought was a great touch. Um, I even wrote a little article about him just to give him a shout out because I thought it was so nice. So it just shows you those little things go a long way, especially when you get the right training and you know what you're doing.
0: Totally. Totally. Well, Mm -hmm. similarly, right before the weekend, I actually got to stay at a Kimpton property right here uh, in West Hollywood, the Lapeer hotel. It looked really nice. Yeah. Really Mm -hmm. great. And, and we, and granted it was also, it was kind of a work experience for me, but you know, I, I never go in with the expectation that people know who I am or why I'm there or staying there, you know, especially if it's like something that's been set up by like a PR agency or a third company, right. uh, third party company. Um, but I will say I was really impressed with the staff. It was mellow. It was cool. Nobody knew what we were doing, like, you know, but we were just kind of like to the side. We were like, you know, getting some video and some photos, but everybody came up and they were like super helpful. And, and it was just really I think the big takeaway was, is that, wow, everybody that works here is happy that they're here. Like they like working here. I mean, obviously everybody has ups and downs, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) everybody has moments where they're like, oh, I don't want to be here at my job. But in general, you could just tell that people were happy that they worked there and they were genuinely helpful as well. So
1: you can feel that when you walk in, you can feel that on the ambiance, right?
0: Totally. Totally. So, I mean, that's a really good reminder that, you know, your employees really set the tone Mm -hmm. for, for the guest experience that they go above and beyond in a genuine way when they feel good and supported that in, in the environment that they work in. And absolutely as a guest, you know, people, people feel that. I know I do for sure.
1: No, I think you hit it right on the head and, and great job to those two hotels this week.
0: Yeah, I know. We get, may, Maybe your hotel can be mentioned next time.
1: <laughs> yeah, now just give us a call.
0: <laughs> exactly, right? Um, okay, well, our hospitality quote segment here. We've got a quote. Um, again, we started this off last week. I love um, that we've got this quote. Do you want to go ahead and read the quote, Steve, Jeff, if it's at your fingertips?
1: Absolutely, and I think it's a good mention of what we were just talking about. Yeah. Courteous treatment will make a customer a walking advertisement. Mm -hmm. And we just said that. We just talked about these two great hotels. And so this quote, I think, goes perfect with the stories of this week. And it is true. I mean, how do you feel about this when you see this?
0: Oh, so I always tell people that your best marketing is are your guests that are currently in your property because they're going to go back. They're going to talk about it on social media. Yes. They might go to different sites, whether it's like a trip or Yelp or whatever. And maybe they might actually go that far as to leave an actual review, but the best reviews are people sharing their experiences on social media and whether it's Facebook, whatever, because it's coming from a genuine place and, uh, People tap into that and then their friends, their family see, and then that go. they go ahead and they make their decisions based off of that. So I always say that most of people's marketing efforts when it comes to hospitality should be, their marketing efforts should be the, the guest experience for those that are right there, as opposed to getting in new random people, which obviously you want more people, but um, your, your biggest uh, champions are the ones that are currently staying at your property.
1: I think that's a fantastic way to say it and a good place to wrap up the show today on that quote. I love that quote.
0: Yeah. Me too. Me too. No, this is, this is, um, a really good quote. And it's just a good reminder of, you know, what we've got in front of us is always so important. So, um, this has been a really great episode. We've got a couple of, um, Little announcements, right?
1: Little. Yeah, absolutely. Big
0: announcement. Um, Next Monday, by the way. So um, if you've been tuning in, you probably have seen the show on Mondays. Um, And next Monday, they actually have the founder of Hotel Tonight, Sam Shank. He is going to be joining that Monday crew. By the way, I am so jealous. I have Mm -hmm. so many questions for him. So I'm probably going to have to join in live and ask my questions like online. Yeah, we'll submit our
1: questions over and over again.
0: Totally. Totally. Um, But this is going to be a really good episode. So definitely uh, you guys, uh, if you can join in on that, I know a lot of us have probably a lot of questions um, for, for Sam. So that's really going to be um, really A really great uh episode but um but yeah no this has been great and i also want to say by the way a quick shout out to our producer in the bank in the in the back uh claire thanks so much we by the way steve and i are not the only ones doing this Mm -hmm. we do have a team behind us so without them they wouldn't make us look so fabulous
1: yeah shout out to claire good job
0: (laughs) thank you claire um so with that i think that wraps today's episode but Super excited. Join us next week. Send us your questions um, or any interesting topics, and we'll be sure to cover them next week or the week after.
1: Yeah. Have a fabulous week, everyone.
0: All right. Take care.
1: Bye. Bye.